Praise God. How many excited about the Word of God? Well, let's open up the good Lord's book to the book of Mark, St. Mark chapter 9. And uh, we're going to read a few verses from this chapter. Um, we're going to break into the middle of a miracle, break into the middle of a sorrow. We're going to break into the middle of a demonic attack. We're going to break into the middle of a rescue that Jesus performed, a miracle and a healing. Let's stand for God's exciting word. Mark chapter 9, we're going to read verse 22 through 29. And oftentimes, it, everybody say it, that's the devil, it, the demon, that's an it, sickness and disease is an it, adversaries are it, it has cast him, that's this man's little boy, into the fire, and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee to come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried. I love that. The devil cried. And rent or tore that little boy sore. And he came out of him, this demon. He was as one dead, insomuch that many said, Jesus, you killed him. He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was coming to his house, his disciples asked him privately, why could not we cast him out, this devil out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. I want to draw your attention to the phrase that this man made in agony in verse 22, but if thou canst do anything, if you can do something, I want you to know you can rest assured that God can do everything. This man said, Lord, if you can do anything, and I want to tell you God can do anything. God can do everything. God's an amazing God. I want to use for a subject tonight, God can, God has, and God will heal. You may be seated. God can, God has, and God will heal. The story is quite amazing. Jesus Christ had taken Peter, James, and John to the mountaintop, probably Mount Hermon. We know for sure it's called Mount Transfiguration because the Bible says so. It was nighttime because Peter, James, and John had fallen asleep pretty much. And the glory of the Lord came upon Jesus while he was praying. I mean, how many know that the glory of the Lord comes on people while they're praying? 
or while they're praising God or while they're believing God, reading His Word, adapting and attaching themselves to God's promise. That's when the glory of God comes. And the glory of God can come on you too. And the scripture says that the glory of God came upon Jesus and he was transfigured. The devil can come upon you and you'll be disfigured. But Jesus comes on you and you'll be transfigured. You'll be transformed. And so Jesus Christ is changed on the mountain. That whole valley, I have no doubt, lit up. That whole mountain lit up because Jesus shined brighter than the sun. His apparel was more whiter than any fuller soap could cleanse. He was glistening. In that darkness, he was bright, and along beside him was Elijah and Moses. And they were having a great time. They were celebrating the fact that that God was about to do something magnificent down in the valley. The scripture says very clearly that Moses and Elijah and Jesus were talking about his descent into Jerusalem, that Jesus would go there into Jerusalem and die, and die for the sins of the world, be buried and rose again from the dead, and Elijah and Moses was discussing that. I don't know what they were discussing, but that's, that, that was the topic in which they were discussing, that Jesus Christ would be crucified buried and risen again from the dead. And so Peter wakes up. The glory of God's there. And Peter just has to say something. Now let me give you a warning about people that just have to say something every service. If you just have to say something, and I'm talking about them that want to give you a word from the Lord. How many met them people? I mean, every time you meet them, they want to give you a word from the Lord. Be careful, because if you're making words come out, they're probably not flowing out by the Spirit of God. And I'm not saying that we should ever despise prophesying. The Bible says not to to despise prophesying. But I want you to know that when you just make things happen, instead of letting God allow it to happen or let it happen through the presence of God, When you make things happen, when you make a door open that don't want to open, you'll usually break the door. If you try to force something in a slot, you usually break the slot or the thing you're forcing in. When God forces us, he changes us. But when we try to force God, we offend and we grieve the Holy Spirit. Now, I do believe that the Spirit of God should flow freely in our lives, but not without prayer. The Bible says that Jesus was praying when this took place, his transformation. And down in the bottom of that valley was the other disciples. There was a man that brought his little boy. I say little, I don't know exactly the full age of the boy, but from birth the child was demonic, uh, afflicted and, and, and tormented. And they brought, this man brought his child that was so tormented by demons that the demons would cast him into the fire. You know, the little boy would see a fire and jump in it. The devil would make him roll in the fire, trying to burn him up. That's one thing about the devil. You let the devil in your life, and he'll kill you. He'll make you miserable. 
The demons that inhabit a body, the first thing they'll do is destroy the very thing they're inhabiting. And that is demonic and that's foul. And you don't tear up anything if you intend to live there. But the demons will tear up everything because they are, as the Bible says, dumb. What Jesus called him, deaf and dumb. Now I realize that means you can't hear real well and, and I'm getting dumber every, every hour being an old man, but that, you know, that's just had to do with hearing. Amen. My wife says, don't you hear me? I said, nope, don't hear a word you say. And, and she, she raps me about me not hearing good, but then again, she's, she's a lady that says, what did you say, honey? She's, she is getting old and deaf as bad as I am. Why, you foul spirit you have. I rebuke you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But the disciples, this, this man brings, the disciple, brings the, his boy to the disciples. And the disciples did everything they know to do. They couldn't cast the devil out. The little boy was tormented, and the disciples did everything they could. And the Pharisees, the scribes, those standing around were pointing and laughing. Laughing at the disciples. Laughing because they were powerless. And Jesus came down, and when he came down, he saw, what's all the commotion about? Well, your boys... The disciples tried to heal this boy, and they couldn't do it. And Jesus says, well, bring him to me, you faithless and, and generation, doubting generation. Just bring him to me. And as they're starting to bring the little boy to Jesus, the demon goes into a fit. And he falls on the ground. He wallows, and Jesus casts the demon out of this boy and says, don't you ever come back. Told the demon, you go, and don't you ever come back. He asked the father first, how long has this boy been this way? And the father said, from a child. Very early on, he became demon-possessed. And Jesus Christ told the man, if you'll believe. Now, the man asked the question, or didn't ask the question, rather he made a statement, I brought this boy of mine to your disciples and they could do nothing. But if thou canst do anything, now you see the doubt this man has, if you can do anything. Here we have, he's, he's doubting God can. If you can do anything. Please help me. Please have mercy upon me. And did you know all the storms of life and all the sickness and all the pains and sorrows and all the dead preaching and dead services and all the religion and all the quagmire of the earth and all the storms of life and all the sickness that's all around us is to do one thing, and that's to make us doubt that God can Because these disciples couldn't do it, that man had trouble wondering if God could. He said, if you can do anything, have mercy, have forgiveness. And I begin by saying, God can do. God can do. God can. 
Amen? I said God can. We asked a question in Genesis, the angel, and of course, I believe the Lord asked Abraham or said to Sarah and Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? I'd like to have an answer from you on that. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Answer me again. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Uh, let's look at Genesis chapter um, for a minute, chapter 18, verse 14. And the question is, is anything too hard for the Lord? And the question was asked because Sarah was doubting that God could, that God, you know, it was the question, can God? And I want to shout, God can. You say, well, what was it that God was going to do? He was going to make a 90-year-old woman have a baby. Hello. And when he told Abraham, Abraham's 100 years old. Sarah is 90. And God says to Abraham, you're going to have a little bouncing boy. And Sarah is in the tent like this. Where's Sarah? Oh, she's in the tent. Yeah, she's leaning against the door. And the angel, the Lord says, you're going to have a little boy, a bouncing boy. And she just cackled loud. She laughed. She laughed. I believe that old tent just went to vibrating with her giggles. She laughed. And the angel said, why did you laugh? The angel of the Lord says, why do you laugh? She said, I didn't laugh. You did too. No, I didn't laugh. But she laughed because it sounded so ridiculous that she being 90 years old is going to get pregnant. On top of that, her husband, you know, he ain't no Don Juan either. He's an old man. And so God says, you're going to have a son, and out of that son, all the nations of the world will be blessed, out of Isaac. And Sarah laughed, and she said, I didn't laugh, but she did laugh. And I think it's kind of cute because she won't be laughing when she's changing diapers. She won't be laughing when she's in labor. Hello. And the Bible says in chapter 21 of Genesis, verse 6, and Sarah said, this is after she had Isaac. And by the way, Isaac means laughter, means joy, being laughter. Isaac means happiness, laughter, joy. And Sarah said, God has made me to laugh so that all here, all that here will laugh with me. Did you know that it made her laugh with doubt, but then after Isaac came, she began to laugh with faith, began to laugh with God's goodness. And did you know that's what church is about? It gives us laughter that Satan is defeated. That's what church is about. That's what the Word of God's about. That's what the things of God's about. That's what Jesus is about. Laughter and joy in our soul because Jesus is bigger than all sickness and disease. 
that Jesus is Lord of glory, that Jesus can do, and the God who hung the universe, he can. The God that uh, raised his son Jesus Christ from the grave, he can. The God that came to planet earth, robed himself in flesh, he can. The God who stood there in, in the flesh of Jesus Christ, said to the leper, I will, and the leper was cleansed because God can. The God who hung everything around us, God can. There's no limit to God's power. There's no limit to God's love. There's no limit to God's strength. There's no limit to God's compassion. There is no limit to God in this house tonight. Amen. And so we look at this and we know that when Jesus Christ shows up, there is incredible power. Look at Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. We'll get some more laughter going here. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching, that's Jesus, there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was what? Present to heal them. Because the power of the Lord was present to heal them, they knew that God can. God can heal your life. God can do anything he chooses to do. God can, and just as that man, because of the mess up and the foul up of the disciples, because of the anguish of his son, because of the storm in the bottom of the mountain, because of the, the anguish and the years of suffering this man, because of prolonged demon possession of their son, because of that, it made this man doubt that God can. But he said to Jesus Christ, if you can, and I want to say Jesus can. He not only can, he has. The Bible says he spoke to that demon-possessed young boy, and he was delivered. Jesus Christ has cleansed the leper. Jesus Christ has raised the dead. Jesus Christ has uh, healed the fevered uh, uh, brow of Peter's mother. Jesus Christ has walked on the water. Jesus Christ has come to the graveyard and calls Lazarus out of the tomb. Jesus Christ has healed little Tabitha, uh, uh, Kamiya, uh, uh, Kumai, rise little damsel from the dead. Jesus Christ has healed the young man at the city of Nain in a casket. Jesus Christ has brought forth the blinded eye could open and be seen and see again. Jesus Christ has cleansed blind Bartimaeus. And I want to shout Glory to God. Jesus Christ has forgiven me of my sin. And Jesus Christ has saved us from our iniquity. And Jesus Christ has paid our sin debt and our healing and our blessing. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? And because of that, they brought the sick of palsy to Jesus. Remember the story? And four men brought the sick of palsy, lowered him down to the roof. We talked about that a few weeks ago or maybe last week. I don't remember when all these things come together. And how I many you know that's the way Jesus does? He just brings everything together. And of course, as the men lowered Jesus Christ, uh, lowered uh, the palsy to the feet of Jesus Christ. Uh, they tore up the tile because they couldn't get in the house. The presence of the Lord was there to heal him. 
I said the presence of the Lord was there to heal him. And so his friends bring him to the house because the presence of the Lord was there to heal him. And they lower this man down to the roof because they couldn't get him in any other way. And when Jesus Christ looked up, he saw four men elevated above the crowd, elevated in their faith, in their trust in the power of God. Anytime you come to church, you're being elevated above the world. Anytime you come and listen and sit at the feet of Jesus Christ, you're being elevated above the storms of life. Anytime you come and read the Word of God and share the Word of God and believe the Word of God, you're being elevated above the hurricanes of life. Anytime you come and and present yourself to the presence of God, you're going to be elevated to a place where God's presence is there, His presence is there to heal all that are there in the house. Isn't that beautiful? Woo, praise the Lord. Don't just sit there, feel something. God can. I love it that God can. Everybody say God can. And because God can, we we can laugh about it, rejoice. You know, every time Sarah looked at Isaac, she probably just laughed. Look what the Lord done. And I think there were moments when Sarah thought, Lord, I'm tired of cleaning diapers. I'm tired of squalling kid. And, you know, I'm an old woman. I'm trying to take care of a baby and, you know, and and all that stuff, you know. And and I think there were moments when she was not very nice. Hello? Well, don't you laugh at me. There's moments you're not very nice. But then there's other moments when she thinks about how it was that day when she laughed, when the Lord said, you're going to have a baby, and she laughed. And she said, I didn't laugh. You did too. No, I didn't. Did too. No, I didn't laugh. Did too. And the angel's pretty much thinking, you'll be laughing in nine months. When you go into labor, you won't be laughing. You'll be screaming. And when the baby comes out, then you'll be laughing because you'll say, whoo, the Lord did it. Look at that old man. He's Papa. He's Daddy again. And Abraham looks at Sarah and says, Look at that old woman. She had my baby. And they, the two of them just probably just laughed. Amen. Come on. I'm preaching better than you're responding. God can. God has. I, uh, I want to share a little bit of a repeat, but not a great deal. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5, God has. And the truth is, God has forgiven us of our sin. God has paid the sin debt. But remember, on the cross of Calvary, Jesus Christ paid the sin debt, and he also paid for our healing. Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5 says, Surely... Everybody say, surely. I remember another place in the Bible, in uh, Psalm 23, verse 6, where it says, surely. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's not your life in heaven. That's your life on earth. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me. They'll follow me all the days of my life like security guards. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life like bodyguards. 
Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life like paramedics from heaven, like doctors, like, like great companions. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Hey, if you look behind you, don't look back to see your past. Look behind you to see your present, the goodness and mercy that's following you. Isn't that good? Goodness and mercy shall follow you. I believe it was uh, H.A. Arnside that there was a lady that had a lot of mental issues, and she believed that there were two men that were following her everywhere. And she would panic. She'd talk to doctors, all uh, doctors and also preachers everywhere. You know, there's two men that follow me. I'm scared. Everywhere she went, she's just fearful. And she gets on a train with H.A. Arnside, and here she is so scared, and she's trembling. She says to H.A. Arnside, those two men behind me, they're following me. I don't know what to do. And H.A. Arnside looked back there, and of course, it was empty. There was nobody sitting in the seats. Said, there's two men following me. And H.A. Arnside said, well, looky there, two of my buddies, they're, they're following you around. Let me tell you their names, goodness and mercy. It's following you around. God healed her right there. And when we learn that goodness and mercy follows around, God will heal us right there. Amen? Isaiah 53, that word says, surely, surely, Jesus has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely he took our pains and iniquity. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. Here you have, here you have, Wound, uh, he was wounded for our transgressions, that's deliberate sin, bruised for our iniquity, that is sins, of wicked sins, defying God. The chastisement of our peace is upon him, that's healing for the mind, and by his stripes we're healed, that's healing for our body. Now, Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17 says that this was healing for the body and the soul. I'll read that, that to, a little, to you in just a minute. But when Jesus Christ died on that cross of Calvary, every part of his body was affected. His heart was affected. I'm talking about his physical heart, his muscle. His lungs were affected. His kidneys were affected. His liver was affected. His bloodstream was affected. His skin was affected. His, his uh, 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 Moral in his bones was affected. His bones was affected, not broken, but affected. His, his, his hair was affected. His facial was affected. Every part, his muscles was affected. Every, uh, every uh, organ of his body was affected on the cross of Calvary, quivering under the wrath of God. So you can have healing for your heart, healing for your lungs, healing for your kidneys, healing for anything that would come against you in the form of arthritis, healing for your breathing, healing for your bones, healing for your feet, healing for your skin, healing for your mind, healing for every part of your body. Jesus Christ quivered on the cross of Calvary, not for sins only, but for every sickness and disease. Woo! 
Well, I may well agree. You say, well, I don't believe you, preacher. Would you believe Matthew? Would you believe St. Matthew? He interprets this verse in Psalms, in uh, um, Isaiah 53. He interprets it. Verse 16, chapter 8 of Matthew. And when evening was come, they brought unto Jesus many that were possessed with devils. And he cast out the spirits with his word. That's spiritual healing. And he healed all that were sick. That's physical healing. That it might be fulfilled that was spoken of by Isaiah the prophet. That's Isaiah saying, himself took our infirmities, sicknesses, sin, our infirmities, sin, and bear our sicknesses. Well, if you can't believe Matthew, you're in a pitiful shape. But if you don't want to believe Matthew, let's see what Peter says about it. Because he also talks about it in 1 Peter. Go with me to 1 Peter. Now, we've been here before. You say, preacher, you're repeating yourself from the last sermons that you preach. I know sickness just keeps coming back. I mean, it... You know, I, I don't believe in, you know, I don't believe you, you ought to repeat yourself and do things that you've said in the past. Well, you need to lay off the coffee jug because you just keep going back to it. You scoot yourself away from the table because you just keep eating. Well, we take the Word of God so we stay healthy. We stay strong, stay encouraged. Now look at verse 24. Peter says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. And that we being dead to sin should live under righteousness by whose stripes we were healed. Amen. Healed body, soul, and spirit. Healing for the whole man. Amen. I love that. Can God? God can. Has God? God has. Isaiah 53 says that by his stripes we are healed. Peter says, by his stripes, we were. If we are, then we were, and if we were, we are, and we is healed. What Jesus Christ did at the cross for my sins also has been extended to my sicknesses and disease. Why? Because God can, and God has. You love that? Surely mercy. Surely mercy Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me around because I'm going to be in need of both of those, goodness and mercy. Amen? And by the way, he's not talking about when you get to heaven. You, he's talking about here on earth. Goodness and mercy follows you around. Now, I guess I could ask the question, what debris do you leave behind? Well, children of God that get saved, they don't leave debris behind. Mercy and goodness follows us around. And by the way, they're in pursuit of us. I don't know what I'm going to do about the sickness I have. God's in pursuit. God wants to bless. His presence is in the house to heal. Amen? Come on. God will. Let me, let me say God will. Look at Mark chapter 1, verse 40 through... Um, um, 42, Mark chapter 1. Now, the young man that was possessed at the bottom of Mount Transfiguration, his father asked if God can. 
And Jesus delivered the answer, yes, he can. Now in this chapter 1 of Mark, a leper that's full of stench of decaying flesh asks if God will. God can, God has, and God will. Hello. And there came, verse 40, a leper to him, beseeching him, kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him, and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. The beautiful part about this message about the leper is the leper wasn't, uh, no one was allowed to touch the leper. The leper had to cry unclean, unclean, and stay away from people. But Jesus Christ went up and actually embraced this leper. I don't know how, to the extent, his touch was. Maybe it was a hug. Maybe it was just a hand on him. But Jesus actually touched the leper and healed the leper. Touched the leper before he said, I will. And let me say this real quickly for those of you that haven't received your healing yet. Jesus has to touch you before the healing comes. Now, Someone said, well, what about speaking the word only? He still touches you because Jesus Christ is the word. The presence of God is the word. He still touches you. Amen. I love this part. The leper said, if thou wilt. If you will, you can make me whole. And Jesus Christ pretty much put it like this. Well, you know, hey, unclean, decomposing body guy you, you know, leper you decomposing, leper, you know, sick guy. That's the very reason I came down here. You're asking me, will I? You're asking me, if thou wilt, thou can make me clean. And Jesus Christ is pretty much saying, you know, that's just the reason I came down here. Jesus Christ healed, did more healing physically. He healed people physically more than he preached, more than he taught. Now, was the preaching incredible? Absolutely. Was the teaching essential? Absolutely. Is the preaching essential? Absolutely. But there's one thing Jesus did more than anything else when he came to earth, and that was heal the sick. Now, why would he change his method today? He doesn't. He's a, Jesus Christ, Hebrews 13 and 8, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. And God said, I will. You know, I came down here to do it, and that's what I'm going to do. And when Jesus went back to the Father and sat down at the right hand of the Father, he's there to make intercession, not just for our sins and iniquity, but intercession also for our healing. So we think, well, he just makes intercession for our no-nos and our bad sin, and he does. But he also makes intercession for our lives. Amen. Look at 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Well, God wants our soul forgiven. God wants our soul redeemed. God wants our soul washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. But the Bible says, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. 
God wants us to have our needs met. God wants to bless us. Not only does he want to bless us, he wants to bless us with health. Hello? Now, I think it's important that we understand that God is the God who heals. And when the leper said, if you will, and Jesus Christ pretty much said, you know, that's the very reason I came. I came here to heal you. I came here to heal the blind man. I came here to heal the sick. I came here to forgive people of their sin. I came here to change their life. I came here to die on the cross of Calvary, shed my blood for the sins of the world. I came here to suffer and die on the cross for every part of your healing. I came here to save you, deliver you, forgive you, and heal you. I came here to fulfill your life. The thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly sent. John chapter 10, verse 10. Woo! Amen. So I don't know, preacher. I just think maybe we ought to just be sick, sick, sick. Well, you know, you, you are, are, how's that working with you? I don't want to be sick. Sick's bad. How many would agree sick's bad? I don't want to be sick. People get sick, and I got, you know, I've been sick, and trust me, being healthy is far better than being sick, and, and, and having finances is far better than being broke. And having a sound mind is far better than being nuts or forgetful. Hello? Now, we don't get that too far out of sync, but we do understand that God, remember, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. That's in Psalm 23, verse 6. And then Isaiah says, surely he has borne our griefs. He took our Sadness, he took our sins, he took our, you know, he took our place. But I want to point out something else, else that is beautiful. Hebrews 4.16. Hebrews 4.16. Anybody getting anything out of this tonight? I trust you are. Hebrews 4.16. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. What kind of throne is it? Throne of grace. That's what it says. It didn't say, let us therefore come boldly to the throne to be burned to a crisp. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain what? Mercy. What's following you? Goodness and mercy. And so we come for grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I mean, with a degree, when you've got the flu bug, you need some help. When you've got pain and sorrow in your life, you need some help. When you've got darkness and, and things fighting you in life, you need some help. And let's get this settled. God can, God has, and God will. And if God can, and God has, and God will, why should we be sick anymore? Because if we believe God, all things are possible. Nothing is impossible with the Lord. Amen? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? No, there's not anything too hard for the Lord. And Jesus Christ said himself in Mark chapter 9, if you will just believe that anything is possible. 
that you will just believe and trust that anything is possible. Now, we don't want to leave out the phrase that this kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting because some people want all the blessings of God, but they never talk to God. Some people want all the blessings of God, but they never sacrifice and give their lives to God. Some people want all the blessings of God, but they want somebody else to hand it to them on a silver platter. Some people want all the healing of God, all the prosperity of God, but they're not willing to fast and pray and give up some things in this world to give honor to God. You want to know how to get the presence of the Lord in this house? Start worshiping him. Gather together in the name of Jesus, and he said, there will I be in the midst of them. You want to have the presence of God in your life? Spend some time in the presence of the Lord in prayer. Have a prayer life. Have a prayer life. Cry out to God. And you say, well, I know people that's sick, and they're really hurting. They have a prayer life, and they're still struggling. I understand that. And God gives them grace and mercy. But you remember, maybe they're not asking God to heal them. Now, I hate to say this, but there are people that don't ask God because they believe the doctors more than they believe God. Doctors are good. I think doctors are wonderful. I think they're God-called. The doctors are very anointed. Don't ever, don't ever walk out of this church saying, Pastor Akins don't believe in medicine or doctors. I believe in both, and I'd be dead if it wasn't for it. I believe in doctors. I believe in medicine. I believe in surgery. I believe in the blessing. I believe in healing. But I also believe that God is a miracle worker. And it comes in his presence. Amen. Well, let me share a few scriptures and then we'll be done. We're going to pray for you to be healed. Jeremiah 17, verse 14. This has got to be one of my favorite verses. I always say this is my favorite verse, but Truth is, I can't even open up the book without finding my favorite verse. But Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 14, listen to this. Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Save me, and I shall be saved. For thou art my praise. Wow. Now that's a verse. How many, would, how many would join me saying, now that's a verse. Now, it says, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. How do you define that? Well, you're sick, heal me, Lord, and I'll be healed. Wow, pretty cool. Save me, and I shall be saved, for thou art my praise. Man, I could, you know, I could take this to the bank of heaven and cash it at any time. Jeremiah 30, verse 17. For I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds. Now, I love this phrase. You, have you been hurt? You know, there's different kinds of wounds. There's wounds in the body. There's wounds in the mind. There's wounds in our past. There's wounds in that other people inflicted on us. There's wounds in our conscience and our, our inward being. There's wounds, and those wounds are horrific. But he says, I'll restore your health. And he said, I will heal your wounds, saith the Lord. Because they called thee an outcast, saying, this is Zion, whom no man seeketh after him. So we can, we can look at that verse and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. The Bible says that for God will restore health to us and will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord. Because, because. 
they call thee an outcast. Someone might be looking at you and saying, yeah, you're no good. I, I know what you are. I, I know where you've been. I know about your past. Uh, you're a failure. You're not any good. I, I don't care about you. Just more wounds, just more uh, swords. But I'm here to tell you, God says enough is enough. Put it behind you. Look back and see goodness and mercy following you all the days of your life. And let the wound be healed and receive good healing because many people want to make you an outcast. But I got good news. If Jesus has brought you in, you can never be taken out. If Jesus has brought you in to his mercy and his grace and his throne room of grace, you can never be cast out. You can never be an outcast. God will always come to your rescue. Well, how many would agree that that's a great verse? We're going we're gonna to pray for some folks tonight, and, and I believe with all my heart that God can, God has, and God will. And if God can, and God has, and God will, that pretty much sums up God's agenda. And God wants to heal you. And so I'm going to ask Josh to bring a song. And while he sings that song, I'm going to ask you to stand with us. And I want to ask you to just enter into that throne room of grace. I'm going to ask you to worship, to praise, to honor to God. I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands and just, just, just don't pretend, but just imagine that you're a little baby reaching up to Papa, to Daddy. When you come, you say, well, I don't raise hands for anybody. Yes, you do. You raise your hand to get something off a higher shelf. You raise your hand and go like this when bumblebees are after you. Yes, you raise your hands. And so babies raise their hands because they want mommy or father, papa to pick them up. And whatever you're going through tonight, it may feel a little strange, but when Josh is singing, I'd like for you to stand to your feet and just lift your hands to God and say, God, pick me up. Lord, heal me, and I shall be healed. Lord, save me, and I shall be saved. And if you'll lift your hands to God and say, everything I need in my life, you can, you have, God has, God can, God can, God has, and God will heal me. I'd like for you to worship the Lord and believe God for your healing tonight. Would you do that? Believe God for your healing tonight. Don't believe me for it. Believe Jesus for your healing tonight.